Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer, this recording is not intended to be used as medical advice, nor is it advice from a doctor. I am a coach, a recovery coach, and I offer advice from my own experience and my clients. But please, if you think you are in need of medical help, seek it immediately. We'll also be talking about subjects such as binging and purging, depression, and other sensitive topics. So if those trigger you, please listen at your own discretion. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. So today is a little bit different. I'm going to give you a recording from our Facebook Lives, um, the Facebook Live that I did this week on Wednesday. And for those of you guys that don't know, in my old group coaching program, we have a Facebook group that's a collection of many people that have been through the program um, and clients and stuff like that. And so it's a nice little group of people that have recovered or people in active recovery. And I do Facebook Lives every single Wednesday at 9.30. I think I've been doing them for at least two years now. Uh, If not, maybe three. I don't know. But anyway, the live that I did this Wednesday was actually quite powerful. And I had planned to make it a podcast topic anyway, but I started talking about it on the live and I just wanted to play it here. But the podcast that I'm doing today, it's a little different, but I talk, I'm talking about risk taking and letting yourself have new, big, bold experiences and how that teaches you things in life and how it's beneficial for not only your just personal growth, but your recovery too. And I go through all the different risks that I took in my life since from childhood to now that I remember like the big ones and that I'm again at this stage of my life where I have an opportunity to take big risks and be bold and do things that scare me, that terrify me, but also are things that I know in my heart I need to do. So I talk about that and I talk about my first year in recovery and some of the risks that I took that weren't related to bulimia recovery at all, but they helped me, I don't know, just enrich my life, have a fuller life, and therefore stay in recovery and stay out of bulimia long-term and have a bigger, bolder thing. Um, So I hope that that interests you, especially if you, I've I've been saying for a while now, I want to do more lifestyle content and stuff, but you know, I love bulimia recovery and helping people stop binge eating and that sort of stuff. But I also have so many more things to offer and so many more things are happening in my life. I'm learning a lot about business, a lot about travel, a lot about, uh, how to change and grow relationships, family dynamics, lots of different things. And I just feel like I want to share more of that with you. So we'll see how my profile, my podcast, everything changes over the year. But I hope this podcast is something I was thinking about a lot um, today while I was on my run uh, that I wanted to just share with you that I think will be powerful. However, I did just get off a call with a client, uh, a newer client, and we were talking about the urge. And she was mentioning how... um, we were just reviewing urge protocols and, you know, why the urge is so difficult for her. And she, there's a helicopter going across. So if you hear that, that's why. But she was discussing how we were were talking about play it forward or play the tape, which is something they say in AA or alcohol recovery, that sort of stuff. And she said, man, when I really do play the tape of what binging and purging will lead to, what drinking will lead to in the afternoon, it is depressing. It is such a buzzkill. It is sadness. And I, I asked her, you know, what's the benefit of feeling that though? Why would that be important? And at first she was like, I don't know, that sounds awful, you know? But we discussed a little bit about how that on the other side of not binging and purging, on the other side of the urge, on the other side of not indulging in the high that your brain so badly wants to um, go for, there's emptiness. 
And that emptiness is almost like a cavern of pain, right? It just feels wrong. And I was thinking about my client, my oldest client who had struggled with bulimia for 40 years, who recovered and didn't binge and purge. She actually just reached out to me um, yesterday and this like cool thing she did. And she was like, thank you so much for coming back to my life. And like that it wasn't too late for me and all this cool stuff. But how she said, I think it was maybe five or six months into recovery that she hadn't binged and purged in a long time. And she was like, I just feel this immense sadness sometimes for my eating disorder and this emptiness that it created. But she said, I don't think there's anything I should do about it other than let it be there because it's creating space for what is yet to come in my life and things that the eating disorder was keeping me away from, like friendships, having a best friend, you know, something that she didn't have. And this person too, she's like, you know, I don't know who I am without these things. What am I? What is there without these things? And that's something that is such a bold, bold risk to take. I think from recovery, you don't know what's on the other side. When you don't give in to the urge, when you accept and allow the disappointment of the urge, when you allow the emptiness and space and and just pure silence that is on the other side of not engaging in behaviors, it is scary. It's eerie. I remember the first time that I, not the first time, but remember one time where I just It was like, I'm going to be alone with my thoughts and I'm going to allow myself just to think. And I went into my brain. I don't know how else to describe it other than saying that. And there was just silence. And it was very scary because I was like, what, am I stupid? Like, can I not think? What is going on? But it's because I had gotten so good at silencing myself and silencing my thoughts and numbing out myself at any and all cost that my brain was just like, we're not going to give you any ideas. We're not going to say anything. You don't want to hear what we have to say. And so that silence is eerie and frightening of just there's nothing going on, but there's not. I think once you make room for that silence, it's like the universe knows we're going to get woo here, we're going to get meta, but I feel like when you make space for something, things will come in because there is now space, space, there's breathing room, things to, it's just like water, right? Life is like water and you have the space, water will fill it, air will fill it. So even though it's scary, even though there's disappointment and sadness, Allow yourself to feel that pure sadness and loss. I was going through something this this week, which I'll talk about again in the Facebook Live. I didn't talk about it in detail, but basically at a crossroads in my life. And there was some sadness that was coming with that. Like some things are coming to an end for me and like new ventures going on. But there's just like this pure sadness I was feeling for these chapters coming for, to an end. And I just allowed myself to feel it, right? And it was so painful. It was just pure, pure sadness. And yet it wasn't bad, and I, that was something I hadn't experienced before. Like before I think I've experienced pain where it's like, I shouldn't have been that way or whatever, but I just allowed the sadness to be there and experienced the pure sadness for what it was. And then I went to bed, woke up the next day and I was like, better, you know, like, okay, we've accepted the loss. There's, we've stopped debating. We stopped all the sort of stuff and we just accepted and allowed it. And now we're creating space from that sadness and acceptance for new things to come into our life. And that's what I think sometimes allowing the urge is like. Anyway, I didn't expect to talk about that when I came on here, but I hope you found it helpful. All right, enjoy. If you're watching on YouTube, sweaty me post run, um, talking about risks in life and why they're beneficial to you, your recovery, and probably people around you too. All right, bye everyone. Uh, I think I'm going to leave the topic that I wanted to discuss about group coaching for the private podcast, just because there's not too many topics going on at once. And I have to, I got to save some ideas for different content. I can't just put it all in one. But I do want to talk a little bit about running thoughts that I had. And I, I just journaled about it. So I'll grab it here. I'm in kind of a crossroads in my life again. And nothing bad is happening. I don't want anyone to worry. I know like last year I just had so much crazy crap going on. But I'm in this 
position in my life again where like there's basically two there's multiple paths to take but it's a point where you know I'm breaking off connections with certain things and I'm like okay I have the opportunity to make a change right now there's no real ties that I have to anyone there's nothing necessarily holding me here and there's nothing other than you know my business that I have to kind of stay committed to so I'm at an interesting place in my life where I can just choose to do something big again. I can choose to move somewhere. I can choose to take a big risk in my business or my life. I don't know. And I was thinking on the run about how scary that sounds, how, um, like, I don't really know if it's the right choice to do some of the things I'm considering doing, um, what will happen. And I was thinking about, I was heard Sarah Phillip. I'm kind of binge. I think it's her name, Sarah Phillip. Yeah. I was binging her content. She's another coach that I like, and she is really refreshing in the way she talks about the coaching industry, which is nice. Um, she's been someone that I've been looking for. I feel like a lot of the old-time coaches are a little bit just kind of money-hungry and um, lost a bit of their soul, really. Uh, but she, her story is that she went to Bali with like $800 in her pocket and built her business and that sort of stuff. And I was thinking about how a lot of the entrepreneurs and the, the people that have just made big changes in their lives that I want to make in my own life, they've taken risks of some sort, or they oh the common theme with them, and Sarah Phillip was saying this, she's like, what are the common themes of the people that you want to be? And she had that moment of thinking through it and seeing the common trends. And I thought about, well, you know, I have a lot of the things that the people that I want to be do, but I, a lot of them have these crucial moments that they have in their life, these big risk-taking moments where everything changes things just shift for them. Sometimes like one one of the entrepreneurs I follow, I know she was held at gunpoint. One, like the moving to Bali with no money. I think someone went bankrupt. One time someone, they became paralyzed from the waist down. Like all these crazy things happened to them, right? And I'm not saying I'm going to go try to put myself in dangerous situations. But I then came back from my run and I wrote down, you know, what have been your life-changing moments so far? What are those things? And so I wrote down, firstly, this this happened to me. And it's actually like, it's cute to see how the risks in my life has just gotten bigger and bigger as time have gone on. But there actually weren't that many, which was kind of eye-opening to me. But I wrote down first, it was the leap of faith that I took in um, church camp. <laughs> I grew up religious. I went to church camp a lot over the summer. And they had this big telephone pole. I talked about it on a podcast. I think it's called The Call That Changed My Life. And uh, you would climb up the telephone pole with a harness and everything and you would jump off of it. And it was this really scary moment for me, but I did it. And I wasn't, I didn't go to camp that year with any friends. I was just all by myself. So the whole experience for me is very shy kid was kind of a leap of faith. And then I switched to a different high school when, when I was little, instead of staying in the traditional school system with all my friends, it just like wasn't working for me being there. And um, I was, uh, I had, the middle school was just very, very hard for me in terms of making friends and my old friend group wasn't really working and the school system wasn't very good. They weren't good to my older brother and all that sort of stuff. So my parents really wanted me to go to a different school. And part of me wanted to, but part of me was like, I don't know if it's the right choice. I'm going to have to make all these new friends. I'm so shy. I don't know if it's going to work, but I took the leap of faith. I transferred to a different high school. One of the best decisions I think of my life and my parents' life really for me. And then um, in there, I had an opportunity my senior year to go to a mission trip to Nicaragua. That was a big risk. I took it. And then I went to Manchester for a year studying abroad. That was another big, big leap of faith for me that I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to do, to live in another country for a year and travel around the world. 
And I'm so glad I did it, even though I had certain people in my life that did not want me to go and they were trying to encourage me in certain ways to not do it, but I still did it. And to this day, I don't regret it because it just changed my whole perspective on what's really important and also that the world is so much bigger than what you're in and really just gave me this kind of otherworldly experience that I would like to have more of. And then the the biggest risk after that, I guess one risk was like moving out to Colorado, even though it wasn't entirely all my decision, but it was a risk. And then I did the podcast. That was a big risk in 2020. I just saw this opportunity of like, I wanted to make something that could help people. I knew that I needed help. And if I could just put out something that would reach people, I knew I wanted to do some sort of coaching. I wanted to help people. But even then, I didn't even know if that would work out. I just knew I wanted to tell people what had happened and give some people some sort of resource. And that was one of the biggest risks, but yet best things I did for my life. Moving to Miami was a big risk. Moving back here was a big risk. Doing the retreat to Mexico was a gigantic risk. I was so scared. And it was my first time being out of the country entirely alone. And I didn't know if the retreat would work. I didn't know if anyone would come. I didn't know if I would lose a bunch of money. I didn't know if I would get murdered when I got there, if it was all just not real. And it turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life and healing for my client and myself. And then I also leaving my 10 year relationship, even though there's so many reasons that I should have left that relationship a long time before we actually ended things. Leaving it was still one of the scariest things I think I had done in my life. And it was this the one of the most painful processes I've gone processes I've gone through in my entire life, I think. It was some of the most the be, most pain I've ever felt. And yet it was the best decision I think I've made. I know I've said that for multiple things on this list, but one of the best decisions I made. And it opened up so many different things in my life that I did not know I wanted, didn't know I um, could have the opportunity to have. It changed my perspective and everything. It just broke me free and out of the shell that I didn't even know I was in. And then also, I took a trip back. Um, I went on this like very romantic, I'm not going to share all the details, but I went on this very romantic, last minute, 24 hour date with this person I had met over um, the past year. And it was such a big risk. And it was my first time I had met this person previously, whatever. It's not like I didn't just not know him, but it was still this gigantic risk to like fly back and meet meet him and have this fun adventure together. And I didn't know if he was actually like a serial killer. She wasn't, obviously. And then um, I didn't know if it was going to be horrendously awkward. I didn't know if that's what I wanted to do. And I was scared and it was unfamiliar. And I just like, I knew it felt like the thing I should do, but I just, there's still that pull of like, stay in your comfort zone, stay with what you know. And Again, it opened me up entirely and I it changed my perspective on life yet again. And then the eight-week program, I didn't know if changing my group coaching program, making it a little bit more expensive, if changing up the format, all that sort of stuff in my business, that was a big decision on my business. And I think now I need to lean into that program even more because it's working for people. It's helping people. So all that, I just went on like a whole word vomit about myself. But then I wrote down, this is, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is ten big life-changing risk-taking moments in my life. And I'm kind of ashamed of that. <laughs> Even though they're all big ones, I wish I had more. And so I wrote down, what is your next big moment, big risk? What do you want to do next? And I'm thinking about that. And I don't have any answers for you, but I just, the reason I'm saying that is that reflecting on it, all of those moments 
None of them were easy for them for me. Every single thing that I did on this list was very scary for me, starting from this little kid at church camp to this adult woman, you know, leaving a relationship, doing a retreat in, in a foreign country and creating new programs for people that she's not sure is really the right move, but she's doing it anyway. All of this, all these things, they've led me to my next decision in my life. And they led me to places that I didn't know I wanted and didn't know existed. And all these things, once I got, once I did them, then I recognized the comfort zone I was in before and the problems that were occurring with that comfort zone, which is interesting. So in order for you to change, I think a big way to transform and change in your life is by taking risks, is by going out of your comfort zone, is by just doing something big in your life. And another big thing, because I'm at a crossroads, I thought about on my run that maybe I'm going to share here is I thought about if no one else right now, if no one else's opinions matter to me. If I didn't have ties to anyone, which I technically don't have ties to anyone, and I didn't have to worry about anyone else, what would I do? And I know it's a very, some people might say that's a very self-centered thought. It's a very like you-centric thought. And I would agree it is. But at the end of the day, at the end of your life, I've been thinking about that a lot with a book I was reading the in-between and certain moments that I've heard and stories I've heard from other people at the end of life. Like we all die with ourselves, right? Like we're the person we're going to be with for the rest of our lives. So you have to be a little you-centric in order to live your life to the fullest, I think. And so I asked myself that question and I was like, how would you live? Where would you go? What would you change? What would you do? What do you think would be fun for you to do? What impact do you want to make? How would you dress? How would you act? What would you eat? What would you do on a daily basis? How would you live your life? If you could do anything you wanted, what would it be if you were unencumbered by anyone else in this world? And answers came to my mind. Again, not, not any that I'm going to share here. Some places I would move to, some things that I would do, some things that I would change. And some of them, I don't know if would, they would work. But I do know that when you take these big risks and you really make these big, bold decisions for your life, I think things change for you. And I think that was a big impact in my recovery. One of the risks that I didn't put here because I didn't maybe think about it at the time, but I also didn't think it was maybe that big of a risk. But the year I recovered, the year I like stopped binging and purging, I started putting myself out there way more. I started doing meetup groups. I ended up with like, it just kind of threw myself into it. It was an accident, but I ended up hosting a sketch club. And then I also ended up hosting a women's entrepreneurial meetup group. And both of them, well, the sketch club, I would charge like five or $10 for people to show up so I could teach them at like coffee shops. But really I wasn't making any money off of it. It was just like, so I could um, pay for my meetup membership. And then the women's entrepreneurial group was free. But something interesting about that is that for me being a very shy person and not being very socially aware and just being in my head for so long and being in bulimia for so long, I was very much so in my shell. And those two things, while they were definitely out of my comfort zone and I had no idea what I was doing, they helped me a lot. And I think they helped me stay in recovery and recover further and then do the things that I am doing in my life now. And they were both so random and they had to stop because of the pandemic and then things took me elsewhere. But I just think about how like in recovery, risks helped me a lot really and putting myself out there and making different changes so yeah it's just it's just wild to think about honestly <laughs> and like if you're thinking about your recovery and just your life in general i've been thinking about doing more lifestyle stuff and content um which 
I will always probably string it into bulimia recovery because it was such a big part of my life and it is where I help. But, you know, these things that you're doing for recovery and opening up your life and taking risks, they're not just for recovery. They're for making your life as big and bold and as wonderful as you want it to be. So anyways, those are my thoughts. That's my TED talk. I think I'm going to clip that and put it on the podcast. Uh, So I hope you guys uh, don't mind that for this week, repurposing content a little bit, but I think it's something that I want everyone to hear and want to talk about. So anyway, um, thank you so much for being in this group. I'll talk to you guys on tomorrow on the private podcast. And then um, I'll... I'm loving the group coaching program right now. Post here if you have any questions. I hope you enjoyed the live. Bye.